Hello, folks. This is your host, Ellie Tascari, welcoming you to Faith Uncensored. Today, you will hear stories of real people who step by faith into the footprints of Jesus. Enjoy the show. Everybody, welcome. This is a good day to be alive. And I have here with me today my good friend Rebecca Telford. Hi, Rebecca. Good morning. Good How morning. I'm doing great, actually. Good. And I'm so happy you're here. I'm so honored to have you. And uh, I know you are a solid person in Christ. I've known you for many years, so I was like, this is so natural. I'm going to interview her. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you for having me. It's exciting. Yes, yes. And uh, also, I asked her to be my co-host. So we may have her, we may hear her in the next, uh, in, a, in a few episodes from here. But yep. I think uh, she has some guests already in her mind. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Yep, it's going to be good. I'm already planning. Okay, well, <laughs> she's a planner. So <laughs> I don't expect anything else. Um, so, Rebecca, tell us something about yourself. Come on. Okay, well... I um, grew up in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. so I'm not a native Texan, although, of course, for all the Texans, I got here as quick as I could. <laughs> um, grew up in Pennsylvania, uh, was raised in the church, knew Jesus from the age of five. Oh. Um, so I've been walking with him for a long time. Um, came from a big family. Oh. I went to the School of Ministry in Toronto. School uh, of Ministry. Yes. Okay. So um, it, back then it was called Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship School airport. of Ministry because oh. it was next to the airport. It's so funny, that name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, they've since called it Catch the Fire Toronto. So uh, we went to the School of Ministry there. That's where I met my amazing husband, mm-hmm. um, charming Irish man, Keith Telford. Okay. <laughs> so that's where I met him. And um, that really set me on the course for ministry. I've always wanted to be a ministry. I wanted to do missions. I wanted to do um, like help uh, kids and orphanages and things like that. So I always was geared towards ministry, um, but that really set me on the path to get there. So you are a minister now. Yes, yes. So what do you um, do? Explain more. (laughs) So my husband and I pastor Catch the Fire Houston now. So that's a church plant out of the Catch the Fire Toronto uh, movement. And so we do that. And also I work a full-time job in marketing. And so um, I also minister there all the time. So uh, you have a family? Yes. Three boys. Three young boys. (laughs) Yeah, three boys. Three little boys. Yes. And you have a job, a full-time job. Yes. And also you pastor a church with your husband. Yes. What else do you do? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what else do I do? Um, once in a while, I get to travel and do some ministry that way. Not very often. But um, I do love the prophetic movement. So mm-hmm. I love to prophesy and train people in the prophetic. And so once in a while, I get to go do something fun like that. Wow. How, how do you manage your time like this? Because I'm wondering. Um, my time with God is my lifeline. You know, many years ago, I asked a good friend of mine, Patricia Bootsma, how she manages her life because she has uh, six kids. At the time that I met her, her youngest was maybe two years old. Her and her husband were pastoring a church. She was traveling the world. She had one special needs child out of those six. And so she had a lot of plates spinning. And I asked her, um, how do you manage your time? 
And she said, I tithe my time. So she would set aside two hours and 40 minutes to God, 10% of her day to wow. God. Yeah. And out of that, I did see the multiplication of time in her life um, where she could just do an amazing amount of things in a very little time. And so I I can't say I'm there yet where I'm tithing 10%, but my quiet time in the morning is my absolute lifeline. And I really Mm. attribute being able to juggle so many things to that and God's grace. (laughs) Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I've known you for such a long time, but I never known, you know, I, I know that you spend a lot of time before the Lord in the morning. But I never heard the whole story, mm-hmm. you know, said like yep. that. I love it. <laughs> yep. yep. Since having kids, it's meant um, getting up. My alarm goes off at 4.45 in the morning. So wow. I'm an early bird anyway, naturally. But um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's about the routine of it. That's been the biggest key because when I get out of my routine, I just get out of doing my time with God and spending time with him. So if I have it built into my daily routine, then I can keep up with it. Mm. So that's, that's been my biggest key. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Oh, wow. I am excited to have you here. <laughs> I, as I said, I've known her for many years. But, you know, when you interview a person, you get to ask questions that you you wouldn't ask, you know, mm. in a daily day, day-to-day uh, relationship. Right. And also she is ready to answer in a deeper way right Mm -hmm. because it's an interview so it's an interview a chat a chit chat with my friends so (laughs) and uh, I asked her to give me a funny fact a fun fact of her life that you would like to share well I always (laughs) use this one because a lot of people who have met me since I've moved from Pennsylvania don't know this but I am a twin okay (laughs) yeah so I have a twin brother oh brother yep a twin brother Mm. And we are not identical, which I get that question all the time, but yeah, you be physically can't yeah, be identical can't be in the, with yeah, a boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yep. yeah. That's a funny question. <laughs> Every can't time. can't be identical. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's a brother. Okay. Are you very close to him? We are, yes. We have, I have some pretty fun stories because, you know, people talk about like the twins having a c- connection and a bond that mm. is unlike other siblings. And I don't know if that's just because you spend so much time with them or, you know, what yeah. that's all about, but... um I've had some fun stories where I've had dreams that have warned me about things with him. And um, Mm. actually, interestingly, we both um, met our spouses on the same exact night. um, And we both went for a walk under a full moon that night. And so, um, yeah, and then they got married um, within, I think, six months of each other. Wow. So, yeah, there's some fun stuff like that that we're... What a deep connection. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, here I, you sent me a text a few days ago mm-hmm. because, you know, we find ourselves in this, um, let me say difficult time in history, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, we were created for this moment in history. Absolutely. I mean, we are, yep. you know, we are full, we're ready for this mm-hmm. because God created us for this moment in history. And we're yep. so privileged to, to be at the center of this historical mm-hmm. moment, though we may see things going south, mm-hmm. we may see all this um, rebellion on the streets and rebellion in the hearts. Mm-hmm. People are, re- you know, are against God. Yep. Against, uh, oh, we have all this um, talking about pro-life and pro-choice, and um, obviously, you know, this is terrible. Abortion mm-hmm. is terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, attacking our, our little ones, our children, mm-hmm. you know, in the safest place mm-hmm. that they, um, they, you know, the safest place for them to be in the mother's womb. Mm-hmm. Or we have all this um, political agenda, mm-hmm. uh, the pandemic that happened, yeah. uh, all, you know, 
um, conflicts around the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she sent me this, you know, there was no lion's dance story without an ungodly king making an ungodly law. There was no fiery furnace story without an ungodly king making an ungodly law. There was no Christ crucified without an ungodly government making an unfair judgment against him. There was no Joseph story without the ungodly false accusations against him by the king's wife or uh, was more the um, his Potiphar's Potiphar's wife mm-hmm. yeah there was no David's story without an ungodly king trying to kill him for no reason except jealousy there was no Moses without an ungodly king enslaving an entire people there was no Paul without an unga- uh, without ungodly laws imprisoning Christians and persecuting them this is the life we signed up for Wow, that's a powerful declaration. This mm-hmm. is the life we signed up for. Christ crucified and we crucified and we crucified with him, in him, for him. We enter into his suffering. Care to <laughs> care to explain this? <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, it's intense though. It's intense. Yeah. Yeah, and um you know me, but the listeners don't yet. But, um, you know, my personality is very optimistic. Um, even when it comes to things like end times eschatology, I believe in a victorious church mm-hmm. in the end times. I I know there will be darkness on the earth and things like that, but I, I don't come under the um, fear of those things. And so I live a very um, optimistic life. My outlook is always optimistic and even in the prophetic and the prophetic movement that I'm a part of, um, we've always been taught, you know, you call out the good in people, you speak positive, you know, and, and really have steered clear of um, judgment, suffering, anything negative. Um, partly, I think, because that's my personality, partly mm-hmm. because I do believe the heart of God is always positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality around us on this earth is there's a war and there's bad things that happen. There's evil that goes on. And sometimes mm-hmm. we have control over that and impact in that. And sometimes we don't. And so as a global church, especially a a church in uh, America, we're facing a situation where we have, you know, laws that are being enacted that are completely anti-God, anti-Christ in nature, um, ungodly. And some of them are direct, uh, you know, offenses towards the church, you know, you can't meet in person and things like this specifically targeting churches. And so, you know, it's a time where Christians have a few different options. They can get bitter and angry and um, get sucked into the political spirit that's Mm -hmm. running rampant in the nation. Or um, you can turn towards God and say, hey, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? What are you, uh, what's my response to be? And so I got to a point where I was uh, frustrated in the prophetic in myself um, because like, I didn't see the pandemic coming. I didn't, no. You know? And to me, it's like, how did we miss something so big mm. as a prophetic community? How did we miss it? And, you know, there were things I can look back in my journal just months before the pandemic happened and I can see, okay, God was talking about restocking shelves. And we know that, you know, the toilet paper was off the shelves. And uh-huh. so there was a shortage. Um, and he said things about, you know, when the winds and the waves come, you know, I'll be your anchor, things like that. So I knew there would be something, but it wasn't specific. And with that, I was frustrated. And what I start, mm. my, my journey to get to this text that I sent you yeah. was, you know, I became frustrated with that and that I, I wasn't in a place to receive negative words. I wasn't in a place to receive anything that had to do with 
suffering, Mm -hmm. negative things. And so really like, God, how do I, how do I balance this? Your heart of goodness towards us versus the reality that suffering will come. Persecution will come, says that in the word. Um, So I'm in this tension, like, how do I handle this? How do I navigate this? And with that, he pointed me back to the Bible and he was like, look at where I showed off the greatest, where I did my most miraculous wonders. Yeah. It was in the context of ungodly things going on in the world. Oppression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like things where he appointed somebody to be in a position to speak to an ungodly king when the ungodly king was making ungodly choices. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously politics are a hot topic right now and Yes, America. <laughs> also in the South, yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, whether you like the candidate, don't like the candidate, like the president, don't like the president, you know, if you come back to are the laws that they're making, Senate, Congress, mm-hmm. are the laws they're making godly or not? Do they align with the word of God, his intention for us or not? If we just narrow it down to that, keep the people out of it. You know, there are a lot of laws, like you said, that are starting to come up that are not godly. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe he's raising up people yeah. who are going to, um, you know, like JL, drive a tent peg through these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be unlikely people, yeah, unlikely candidates. The least of these. Yeah. <laughs> it's the woman serving, uh, you know, milk to her husband in the tent. And the king comes there for refuge, the ungodly king. Yeah. He drives yeah. the tempeg through his head. So I think there's going to be some um, interesting things that happen. I think God's uh, raising up people and has positioned them in places of important authority. But at the same time, we need to be prepared to stand no matter what comes our way. Yeah. So when they when they say, you cannot worship this God anymore, like they did with Daniel, yeah. are we going to keep praying to that God? to our God? Are mm. we going to, with our windows open where everybody can see us, are we going to pray still to God? Are we still going to um, disobey laws that contradict godliness? Yeah. 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 And there was um, a lot of this during the, the really, the during the pandemic, mm-hmm. there were um, people that would say, you know, we need to obey the law and not congregate. Mm-hmm. But when, when, when do we draw the line? Right. When, you know, when the law is no longer fair mm-hmm. and we have to, to say, no, uh, I have a greater God that mm-hmm. is greater than your law. Mm-hmm. And I decide to disobey that law. Yep. You know, there yeah. is a moment that we draw the line because, yes. of course, we need to respect the authority, authorities that God has put in place. And it's Absolutely. good to have authority. Mm-hmm. It's good for the order of the country Mm -hmm. but if the law goes against god we absolutely have to say no yep absolutely and that was my my thought during the pandemic when they were saying don't congregate Mm -hmm. because you can i mean where the spirit of the lord is there Mm -hmm. is freedom Mm -hmm. from what Mm. from disease Mm -hmm. from panic Mm -hmm. there is freedom there is freedom you mentioned whatever is keeping you in bondage because but where the presence of the lord is there is freedom Mm -hmm. so when we congregate when we meet with a brothers and sisters where two or three are are gathered together Mm -hmm. there is the presence of the lord and so does the the coronavirus can stand that the presence of god i mean when coronavirus enter into the presence of god it bows down mm-hmm. yep. this is o- the only thing yeah and then withdraw yep yeah and um i don't mean to brag about anything but during this pandemic in the very beginning we just uh, shelter in place like they were saying it and then it made no sense mm-hmm. 
it make no sense. Right. You know, of course, we are very, we are still using the masks, mm -hmm. you know, and we are respecting people's boundaries. Yes. You know, we see, we want to show them honor mm -hmm. and respect. Right. But as for myself, our children, mm -hmm. for this household, mm -hmm. we will serve God no matter what. Yeah. We will continue to meet with our brothers and sisters. We're still going to have fellowship. We're still going to yep. love on one another. Mm -hmm. And please don't talk to me about Zoom. <laughs> I'm going to delete the app. I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's been the most interesting year as a pastor. Uh, Keith and I have been in ministry for, gosh, 10 years now. Um, vocational ministry. And, you know, balancing the people who have underlying illnesses cannot doesn't don't feel comfortable coming out mm -hmm. you know um with and and you love them you yes. know these are people who have been with you from the beginning phenomenal anchors yeah. to your church I'm just thinking about you one know? person in particular yeah, yeah. And it's like oh but but then also balancing the ones who literally will not come to your church if you make them wear a mask. So it's like you there was such a um divisiveness about this thing mm -hmm. where you had people on both extremes. And as a pastor, you have to walk the line between what's God telling you to do, first mm -hmm. of all, which is always what you have to come back to. What's God telling you for your congregation, in your city, in your area, your people? Um, but also, how are you going to, you know, still minister to those who can't gather but want to? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a challenge, I have to say. Um, you know, we, we are, we're privileged to live in the great state of Texas. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Where, yes. uh, I mean, God bless Texas, God right? God bless, bless Texas. <laughs> yeah. But, um, even during the times where they were locking everything down, they said churches can still gather and worship. So we had that in our um, decree from the... the governor. Uh, yeah, the yeah. governor, Abbott. Uh, but other shouldn't criticize other places, the Bible Belt anymore. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, but other states weren't allowed to mm -hmm. gather, even as a church. And I know some churches um, in California took a stand and continued to gather despite getting fines against them and having to fight uh, lawsuits all the way up to the Supreme Court, which they just now won Hallelujah. nearly a year later. Hallelujah. Um, and other churches in California felt like they needed to obey the governor's uh, instructions. So there are people on every side of this line. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think one of the things I've been careful to do is just try not to judge people for what they've chosen. Yeah. It's easy to look at another pastor and say, oh, why, why didn't you gather, you know, your people are suffering or why did you gather your people are getting the virus, you know? And yes, so yes. it's like, it's, it's easy to look and, and condemn and judge, yes. but it's like, that's not my place. Yeah. That's no, God's no, place. No. Yes. Yes. And they have to do what's best for them and their congregation. Mm -hmm, so, um, I don't know, we got off topic there a little bit, but no, it's uh, okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's all connected in such a time as this, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. I was hearing about churches where they weren't allowed to worship. What? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to break that right, law that right too, away yeah. yeah. because you go to church and there, there was only music, mm -hmm. but you, you don't sing. sing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's the foundation of our faith. That's a foundation of the constitution of America as well. My goodness. Yeah. So how can you, um, this was not in the U.S. though. I think it was um, somewhere else that I heard, but even in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I heard it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense to right. me. You know, I'm going to be mm -hmm. a lawbreaker. Yeah. Like Daniel. If, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> care at this point. You know, you don't want me to sing songs to God. Right. And serenade him and right. love him with my voice mm -hmm. and 
the music you know yeah. no way right no way no yeah no. i think that's one of the beautiful things i've seen through this though is that the church has arisen with more boldness than i've ever seen them have mm. um, yes you know they tried to silence our voice through singing they tried to silence our voice through social media and different things mm-hmm. but the church will not be silenced no you can't you can't silence, silence yeah. god i mean right you can't. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, attracting, I'm sorry to say, a curse. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yep. You know, you exp- not because God is going to curse you, but you expose yourself yep. Yep. to that kind of wind, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. that kind of uh, weather. You yeah. know, you go outside, it's poor. It's, you have a storm, mm-hmm. stay indoor. You know, mm-hmm. you go outside, you get blown away by the storm. Right. You are doing that. You know, right. if when you allow these laws mm-hmm. and you um, promulgate these laws, mm-hmm. you know, you're exposing yourself mm-hmm. to the storm. You don't want yep. to do that. Yep. And also you're dragging other people to sin with you. Mm. What? You know, this is yeah. so wrong. Right. This is so wrong. Yeah. I just wanted to read this verse, uh-huh. but because um, I love it, uh, it's in Isaiah 60 and it says arise shine for your light has come Mm. and the glory of the lord is risen upon you for behold yes the darkness shall cover the earth Mm -hmm. and the deep darkness and deep darkness the people but the lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you Mm. you know yes it's dark Mm -hmm. deep not just dark it's deep how can it be more dark than the darkness i mean (laughs) deep dark so it's even thick you know Mm -hmm. maybe you can touch it Mm. but over you you know over you the lord the lord is arising over you and his glory shall be seen upon you so Mm -hmm. you know don't focus Mm -hmm. yeah like you were saying how can i see you know through this uh, pandemic through Mm -hmm. these um political events that we were not expecting, of course, mm-hmm. but what God is doing, the, the hand of God at work, mm-hmm. because the hand of God is always working, mm-hmm. you know, uh, our sin, the sin of, it doesn't stop him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't scare him, mm-hmm. you know, yep. but we, as Christians, we need to continue to intercede and pray and love mm-hmm. and love and love yep. and bless and bless, you know, um, yeah, to bless people, bless people and love them. Yeah. And we will see the unrighteous become righteous before mm-hmm. the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. we will see them coming to God. Mm-hmm. We will see a revolution, a love revolution yeah. in our Congress. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we will see that in the White House. Mm-hmm. We will see that. Yeah. So, you know, but we have to stand for them, the gap for them. Yes. We have to, because they don't have it mm-hmm. to stand in the gap for themselves. Mm-hmm. So we need to stand in the gap for them and continue to pray, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And uh, I know there are many people that don't like Joe Biden, but we need to stand in the gap for him and his family mm-hmm. for protection. Because what if we pray for him and he receives Jesus right. and he starts to be the man that he was meant to be mm-hmm. since the foundation of the world? Mm-hmm. What if we pray for him? Mm-hmm. What if we pray for his wife, his children? What about if we pray for Hunter Biden, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And we love on this man. Yep. Yeah. When yeah. um when he got elected, I was like, God, you know, what do you have to say about this? And so, <laughs> Lord, what did you do? <laughs> Where are you in this? <laughs> and um, I heard that voice, the verse about um, like waters are in the hands of a man. So are the heart of kings in my hand. I'm probably quoting it wrong, but something to that effect. Basically, God was like, don't you think I can also move his heart Mm. don't you think i can do something within joe biden even kamala harris don't you think i can move yeah and we're really limiting god when we think that you know these people are just going to stay ungodly forever Mm -hmm. 
you know, Daniel served ungodly kings. Joseph served ungodly kings and leaders. You know, like if you look back at the Bible, there's so many that served ungodly people, but they served them. Yeah. They didn't curse them. They They didn't curse them. They prayed for them. And even when there was a negative dream, I think it was Nebuchadnezzar. Um, mm-hmm. He said, "I wish this wasn't about you. I wish this yeah. was not May for this you." Happened to your enemy, right? <laughs> and it's like, but this is what the dream means. Yeah. This is what God's saying. Yeah, you know. And so our heart has to be for their good, for their deliverance, for their salvation. Doesn't mean we have to agree with them. Doesn't even mean we have to obey them necessarily. Yeah, but we, I, I believe, as believers, we have to love them. Um, if you love somebody, you're not doing curses at them yeah yeah that's true that's true yeah i like this you know and uh it gives this is how christianity should be lived Mm -hmm. you know and this is how we love our enemy Mm -hmm. love your enemy yep and let me see yeah to love them and to to bless them continuously Mm -hmm. and let me i'm just going back to your text <laughs> I had added to that. I don't think I sent it to you, but oh, do you want to? Read I just something? well, I just kept um, thinking of more examples because there was Elijah, mm-hmm. and he had Ahab and Jezebel. Oh my goodness! Right. I Je- mean, talk about intense. Jezebel killed all the prophets, yeah, <laughs> most yeah. of them, and um, yet he kept, you know, declaring the word of God to them. Yeah, he would be greeted by messengers. And they would say, oh, it's the troubler of Israel. And he would turn around and say, no, you're troubling Israel, not me. Um, His reputation was he was the troubler of Israel because he spoke the word of God. And um, yet in that context, when Jezebel was ready to kill all the prophets, that's when God put fire down on a wet altar. On the wet altar. Right? With a pour of water and water and water. I mean, the only thing that can kill fire is water. Yeah. But he did the opposite. Fire fire and killed water. water. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, exactly. Like, um, you know, and then and then we look at Stephen and Act. Mm. And this one, Stephen's our first martyr in the New yeah. Testament. And um this is where it comes down to the suffering aspect of it, because there is real persecution. There are real believers who take a stand for Jesus and they still die. Yeah. That is a reality. And Yes. With Stephen, though, you watch, he gives this powerful sermon and he says, you know, things like, you're the one who killed Jesus. And it was very intense. It was very powerful. And as he's finishing this up, he looks up and he sees heaven open. He sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Wow. Now, any other time you read about Jesus at the right hand of God, is he standing or sitting? He's always seated. Yeah next to the Father. He's seated at the right hand of God. He's seated in heavenly places. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when the first martyr is about to die for his name, Jesus himself stands at the right hand of the Father. Wow. Make me cry. Uh, It's it's beautiful. I never noticed this. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful because if you, if you, now then I studied, you know, Jesus standing, what does that mean when royalty stands? And um, it's either out of anger, which we know maybe he was angry at the ones who were persecuting him or it's out of honor honor yeah i was yeah i was thinking honor. you know is he standing to honor stephen or another time that they would stand is if they were pleading a case on behalf of the person so it could be that jesus was making a case for stephen before god as he coming to meet him mm, wow wow but you That's know the, the thing that stands out to me too is in the context of stephen about to get murdered. He enters into an open vision. He has a heavenly experience, an encounter with God. And to me, it's just like the grace of God. Like even in our suffering, he's Mm -hmm. there opening heaven towards us. 
He's opening up experiences. He's drawing near to us. Yeah. You know, and so even though I don't like suffering. Yeah, no. <laughs> count it all joy, brother. Yeah. When you have various trials and tribulation, I'm like, I'm not at that point where it's joyful yet. <laughs> But at the same time, it's like Jesus is so near in those moments if we turn and look towards him. Yeah. You know, we had a a big, uh, I had a big suffering a few years ago when my mom out of the blue passed away Mm. and it was so unexpected and Mm -hmm. it was so tragic. It broke my heart. But I remember that to be the time that I saw Jesus Mm -hmm. in his eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember I was driving Mm -hmm. and I saw the eyes of fire, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Or we would enter the house, you know, during that week or the weeks after she passed. Mm-hmm. And the presence of God was all over the place. Mm-hmm. We could enter like in a cloud. Mm-hmm. It was like a fog or mm-hmm. cloud or something. But we would feel, my husband and I, um, the kids were kind of little, so I don't know what they felt <laughs> or how they expressed it. But um, we would enter the house and we were just, mm-hmm. boom, ca- mm-hmm. caught by surprise by this presence of God. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful, yeah. beautiful, because through this suffering, this pain, mm-hmm. we really had an encounter with God. I received yeah. so many words, um, like uh, I had so much question, why, why this happened? Mm-hmm. Why, 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 why? Right. And then somebody that I don't even remember who she was gave me a word saying, the Lord has all your doubts in his hand. Wow. I was like, oh, you're not condemn- condemning me mm. because I... For asking. For asking. Mm. So I can ask, you know, yeah. that's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. We think God is far away. We cannot mm-hmm. ask him things. Mm-hmm. He's going to be outraged. He's going to be, how dare you mm-hmm. asking me question? I'm God and I know it all. You mm-hmm. know, he doesn't act mm-hmm. like that. Right. He's just sweet and mm-hmm. said, don't worry. I understand you have questions. Yeah. I understand. And I'm the right. I'm, like, I'm crying now. Mm-hmm. I'm the right one, the right person, quotes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to ask these questions too. Right. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, we have all these experiences, experiences when we go through this suffering. Mm-hmm. Now, um, once I was watching a documentary, I, I don't know how many people know, I was born and raised, I was born and raised in Italy. So, yeah, that you hear the <laughs> accent and you hear some stuff around, going around. But I was born and raised in Italy and uh, I was watching a documentary on the Colosseum, you know, the big arena that we have in mm-hmm. Rome. And, uh, you know, People would die in those in that arena, and mm-hmm. they had many, many more arenas mm-hmm. than just that one. But um, people were killed. So Christians were killed eaten by lions, burned alive, and mm-hmm. even gladiators would play games, and uh, they would die. Mm-hmm. And so they they would see with the um, in the blue light or some some CSI stuff. You know, <laughs> they could still see the blood. Of those people, the blood is still there, mm. crying out to God. Mm. You know, when when the the Bible says that their blood, the blood mm-hmm. cries out to God, mm-hmm. it's literal. Yeah, it's not just a, a spiritual matter. Mm-hmm. It's not just uh, an ex- no. The mm-hmm. blood is there on the ground. Mm-hmm. You cannot erase that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when you watch, uh, I like CSI or like police movies. You know. When somebody gets killed and they try to kill, the, to, to remove the blood and mm-hmm. there's always a drop mm. that betrays them, you know. Yeah. It's true because you, it's not easy to get blood mm-hmm. off. You know, the blood is very, it sticks to you, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, when you try to wash it, they have to use products to wash mm-hmm. it because it's just water is not going to make it go away. Mm-hmm. And so this blood of these people, these martyrs, mm-hmm. they're still crying out to God wow. today. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so, you know, it's true. It's true, yeah, you know. It's intense. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was watching that. I was like, wow, mm. this is literal. Mm -hmm. Lord, you know, yeah. you haven't forgotten mm -hmm. their blood. It's so precious to him. Yeah, mm. so precious. Mm -hmm. And so, so thinking about my country, Italy, you know, all this blood that was shared mm. of these people. They were killed under Nero, mm -hmm. the emperor. Mm -hmm. And they were killed. They were burnt alive just to make light on the streets. You know, yeah. it was disgusting, you know. Uh, but this this blood is still crying out from my land to mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. And it's still watering the land, mm. kind of, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's still, there's still something that needs to happen in yeah. Italy, I believe, you know. Yep. And their their blood is so precious. and mm -hmm. But it's still, uh, still crying out to God mm -hmm. for revenge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and... Uh, I don't know. That's up to God, you know. I hope, yeah. you know, it's merciful with uh, yeah. <laughs> these countries, you know. that. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, there was a great mm. oppression. But even through the great oppressions, we see the church is always thriving, mm -hmm. thriving and thriving. Yeah. So, yeah. And just like um, Jesus said, as he's dying, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Stephen said the same thing. As he's dying, being murdered. My goodness. For speaking truth. He's saying, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And you know, that comes back to that heart of just loving people. He saw past the demonic influences stoning him. Yeah. He saw past the spirit of anger, um, hatred. Mm -hmm. And he saw the men in the heart that, you know, God loves, God's pursuing. Yeah, yeah. And out of that, he says, forgive them. Forgive them. Mm. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I haven't been there, but I hope if I, that comes to me, you mm. know, I will say the same thing. Mm-hmm. And um, just the last thing I wanted to share, when I was, I think, nine, we went to this church. We went to visit this church with my parents. And uh, I think they were telling the story of the three friends of Daniel mm -hmm. and um, um, Shadrach, Mesach, and um, Abednego. Abednego. Mm -hmm. And so they were telling the story and then they refused, you know, to submit mm -hmm. to Nebuchadnezzar and they, they went to face their death, mm -hmm. to be burned alive. I mean, I mm -hmm. think that's the most horrible way yeah. to die. And they said, no, we won't bow down to, to your statue. Mm -hmm. We won't bow down to whatever you have. Mm -hmm. and, and so... They stayed alive, and there is a, a fourth, a fourth person, mm -hmm. a fourth similar to a son of God. You know, Nebuchadnezzar mm -hmm. sees that. But the question was because it was a, um, I was in children's church when they were saying telling the story, and I had heard that story forever. Mm -hmm. My mother had the book; she would read mm -hmm. that every night to us. <laughs> and um, will you give your life? Would you die for Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I remember that day I chose to die for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I never regretted that choice, you know. Mm -hmm. I really hope it doesn't come to that. Right. You know, I hope, you know, that's not the situation. Yeah. But I still ever am reminded mm -hmm. every now and then of my choice mm -hmm. to give up my life for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to live with that in the heart. Yeah. That if it comes to, mm -hmm. we are ready to die. Mm -hmm. You know, we are ready to die. Yeah. Because because we will, I read a story once of a, a Romanian em, emperor, Roma, Romania in Europe, that uh, the Octoman, Octoman Empire. I'm sorry, I'm I'm just trying to not to make mistakes because <laughs> we're talking about uh, fact factual things. But basically, the Octoman Empire came in, and they say 
renounce your faith or we will kill you. And um, they didn't. Mm. One by one, the emperor and the empress, they see the kids beheaded one by one, one by one, Mm-mm. until the little one comes. Rebecca could be your child, could be mm. my Lucas, could be your Owen or Aiden. And um, the son goes, he's paralyzed and panicked. Mm. He sees his brother being slaughtered mm. like that. Mm. And the father says, listen, we lost everything. Make sure you don't lose your soul. Mm. And the child goes there and he said, hit here, pointing to his neck. Mm. Hit here. I mean, who's this kid, mm. you know, who gives up his life, gives up his life for Jesus, the son of an emperor. Mm-hmm. And then, they, of course, the emperor and the empress, they're killed, yeah. you know, but after seeing all their kids mm-hmm. being slaughtered like that, they said, we lost everything. Mm-hmm. Make sure you don't lose your soul. Yeah. You know, the most precious thing you mm-hmm. have. Yeah. And so, so, the yeah. kid goes there, you know, and it says, yeah. oh, so touching. It's one so, level uh, to give your life uh-huh. for Jesus, but to watch a chi- your child killed or tortured, you know, that's another level. Another level. Yeah. I don't know, you know. Yeah. But I think God is giving courage. Yeah. You know, we don't have to wrap our head around that oh, and cry mm-hmm. or be mm-hmm. desperate. Mm-hmm. You know, God is going to provide mm-hmm. the strength. Yes. The faith, mm-hmm. the deliver, the deliverance mm-hmm. that we need to right. have in those moments, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's so near in those moments again. Yeah. You know, it comes back to how close he is to us yes. in those moments. Yeah. So for this kid to go through that, and mm-hmm. the parents, you know, encouraging their mm-hmm. children, go. That's yeah. the best thing you can do for yourself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Go and ahead. even having eternity in mind. Yes. You know, living yeah. living with eternity in mind. I mean, that's a whole nother yeah. podcast we can do. Yes. 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 <laughs> But when when the reality is this life is but a vapor. But a vapor. And what matters is the next life. Yes. That's what matters the most. Then you live completely differently. And then death in this life means very little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the passing because you just pass from this to mm-hmm. that. And it's, yep. yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Mm. Yeah. We should talk about this, I think. <laughs> I, I read a book that really changed my life. Mm. Um, I'm not, I don't want to put it above the word of God. The word of God is life changer, right. period, you know. <laughs> This book is by John Bevere, mm-hmm. one of my favorite writers mm-hmm. and preachers. And I know some people think it's judgmental, but I love him. He says the truth. And some people are called to, you know, to rebuke. Mm-hmm. And so the, yep. I think he embraced it. <laughs> but the book is called um, Driven by Eternity. Mm. So you have to step, you face every single day mm. driven by that moment, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. the way you live your life here is going to determine mm-hmm. your eternity. Mm-hmm. And he speaks to Christians and about, about the eternal rewards, mm. that they are eternal, the yep. rewards. And not getting a reward is also eternal. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, well, let's close with this. And mm. uh, what, can I ask you to pray for a listener? Uh-huh. And yep. I feel Rebecca is very, she has a very strong prophetic gift. So whatever God is putting in your heart to pray for mm. or you know that you feel somebody needs a specific word Mm -hmm. just go for it you know okay this is faith uncensored we're not gonna censor (laughs) ourselves you know yep okay all right well father we are so so grateful just for who you are and that we get the honor and privilege of knowing you and loving you and god just as we close this conversation about suffering father we just thank you that you are so near and so present to us in our moments of need and pain and suffering and i just pray for every listener that out there today god that they would um 
come to know you even in their suffering, that they would not be afraid to enter into the suffering of Jesus. And um, Father, give us revelation on this subject, more revelation on how an emboldened church stands in the face of suffering, God. And I just pray that you would infuse us with your boldness, with your your power, God, with a revelation of the authority that you've given us, that you would strengthen us and encourage us, God, that we would stand in the face of anything that the enemy would come at us with, with your boldness and your courage, Father. And so we we bless every listener mm-hmm. today with your absolute strength and boldness mm. in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So thank you so much for being You're with welcome. us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> it was a great honor. And I know you have a great message to share. So guys, this thank is you. Rebecca Telford. Uh, We're here broadcasting from the suburbs of Houston. And uh, she's amazing. So if you have a chance to listen to her messages, I think catch the fire. And uh, well, stay tuned because she's going to be soon back here with us. God bless you. And you have a beautiful week. <laughs>